welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 32. This week, no guest, I'm going to do a solo episode about the mistakes lots of authors make. Sometimes new authors and sometimes old authors, and certainly I've made a few of these and I'm continuing to make a few of these mistakes. So I thought I'd have a quick chat about all that kind of thing. And uh, so stick around and hear me chat about that in a minute. So at my desk this week, well, at my desk this week, it's been a bit tricky because upstairs the old bathroom is being ripped out and we're having a new one put in. We've lived in this house so long, 30 years, that uh, stuff we did originally is now being redone. That's when you've known, that's when you know you've lived in a house a fair old while. So anyway, I'm looking forward to the new bathroom, but of course in the meantime it's pretty noisy here. People clacking around, lots of coming and going. And I've been busy doing some editing, um, ready to get my book, The Midwitch, out to my editor, which I hope to have out either the end of this week or possibly the beginning of next, but I'd like to get it there early for her. Mostly because although I've done all the things that we do, you know, when you're in this editing process, um, you know, reading it out loud, printing it off in a funny font, you know, trying to notice all your mistakes, I am at that point where I feel I'm actually doing more harm than good. I think the trouble with it is you can always see when something could be written um, a little bit more, I don't know, differently. You know, there's lo- you know, there's many ways to catch a monkey. And I think that's the trouble with writing. And I, sometimes I think you can kind of over edit and lose your voice a little bit, something, especially something that's written in the first person. Anyway, so I'm kind of at that point where I feel I do need professional help now. <laughs> So I've just got a few more chapters to go through. I'm probably going to read it through one more time and then I'm going to send it off and, you know, devil may care. We'll see what she can make of it. Probably, probably think it's awful. (laughs) Anyway, happy days. Okay, so let's get on to my chat. I'd like to have a little chat with you about the mistakes that I often see authors make. Now, I'm not really sitting here on a pedestal. I've certainly made a fair few of these but I just thought I'd go through them with you because um yeah I think it's quite useful so anyway so the mistakes a lot of authors make and certainly new authors make this one and the first one is spending too long on your first book now I'm really guilty of this and like many new authors when I started out a fair few years ago I wrote the first book and I rewrote it and I rewrote it and I rewrote it and I fiddled around with it and I fiddled around with it. And really, I spent far too long on it. And what I should have done is called it a day or uh, decided that it was finished much more quickly than I did do. Rather than, I think you keep going over, you're kind of looking for this perfection thing. And the point is, I don't think writing is perfect. I don't think anybody's writing is perfect. And sometimes you've just got to live with that. I think you've got to do it as well as you can, but realise that you're never actually going to reach this fabulous state of it being, you know, without any imperfections. Anyway, so I think that's the first one. I mean, I certainly spent 10 years, I would say, faffing around with my first book. And I've heard many writers say the same. I, I think your best bet is to, even if you think I definitely want to publish that first book or that first big project that you do, I think you should actually just put it aside and start something else and get something else under your belt and not keep on mithering away with it. Um, You know, I I mean, possibly you could say that as you're writing that first book, rewriting it, rewriting and fiddling around with it and all those things that you're learning how to write. And I think that's quite true. 
But I have to say that I think you'll learn to write more efficiently if you actually move on and write something else. Even if you come back to that original idea and then do it again, you know, in retrospect. But I do think don't spend too long on your first book. Get it, get it done, get it finished and then move on. Either publish it or don't publish it, you know, decide what you're going to do with it. We'll come back to it later. But basically, I would say, you know, if you're if you've been writing a book for the last five years, you've spent four years too long on it. A year is enough. If you can't get it finished then, then, you know, you've either got to decide that it's too much of a sticky project. It's not going to work. I mean, I know there's great works of art out there that have been, you know, that took 20 years to write and stuff like that. But on the whole, I would say move on, move on with your writing and do something else. That's my advice. OK, so on to on to problem number two. Now, I'm definitely guilty of this. Uh, problem number two is starting too many projects and not finishing them or bringing them to fruition. Um, now, I think the thing is, if you talk to people that are not creative or not creators themselves, they will often say, oh, you know, where do you get your ideas from? And I think that's quite a funny question because the problem isn't the ideas. The problem is having too many ideas, really, and deciding which ones to you know, put the work into and which ones to finish. And I think that is the main problem for most people that have a creative turn of mind. You know, my imagination is, is tenfold. I, I could just sit here and write you an idea for a book, you know, right now, you know, and I'm not even thinking about that kind of thing. And I think a lot of us are the same. I don't think it's a unique capability. More the getting published or, or bringing your work into the world is more a case of having um, some real determination and sticking to the project until the end. And I think that is what you need in order to be a writer and in order to have some measure of success. So I think that is one of the things. And I think also it's almost a little bit about um, feeling a bit unsure of yourself and thinking that the next thing or the new idea will be the big thing. And you tend to quickly flit into the new thing before you finish the old thing. Now, as I'm saying this, I'm realising that I'm slightly contradicting myself because on the one hand, I'm saying, you know, don't spend too long on your first book fiddling around and fiddling around with it um, when you should move on. And yet I'm also saying, you know, don't have too many projects on the go at once. Uh, I think there's only so many hours in the day. Now, I know this because I run two author names and it's it's hell, to be honest. You know, I'm forever um, leaving my children's author self to just sort of, you know, uh, wait by the wayside while I get on with other stuff. And um, it is tricky to try and do two things. You know, having said that, it's... Um, you know, it's great to be creative. It's great to have all these ideas. And because I'm also an artist, I'm forever drawing cartoons and, you know, doing other things and writing magazine articles and that kind of thing. And it's nice to have a lot of a lot of things in the pan, you know, a lot of irons in the fire or whatever cliche you want to stick in there. <clears throat> Insert cliche here. Um, but the thing is, I think you've got to try and rein yourself in and have a look at the, the projects that you've got on in hand and decide to finish a few things before you start the next lot of stuff. Uh, so I think it's a little bit about self-control. It's about not having so much on that nothing gets finished. As long as you're actually moving through and finishing the things, I think it's fine. But also I think it's about it's about burnout and it's about not spreading yourself too thinly across too many projects on the go at once. 
So although I'm very guilty of this one, I would advise you to try and keep it into a manageable amount of stuff that you're actually going to finish, that you're actually going to publish or sell if it's a magazine thing. And horribly, although, you know, creativity would be very nice if it was just creativity for creativity's own sake and what a delightful world that would be. But at the end of the day, it is a little bit about making a bit of money from it, to be honest. It certainly is for me. I'm very happy if I'm making a bit of money from my work. And um, I think you should be too. I think it's all about that. I think it's um, if, if you're finishing stuff and selling it and getting it out there and getting paid, well, I think that's a good thing. But if you've got loads of things, you know, just floating around and you're going from one thing to another, then I think you need to have a look, write down all those projects, decide which ones you're really going to focus on over the next couple of months and get them done and out of the way and then go back to the backlog or start some other stuff. But you know, keep a handle on it. That's my advice. So problem number three then. Well, problem number three then is that old chestnut self-doubt. Now, self-doubt, I think it's rife with any creative and any writer or artist. We all think, oh, you know, is it good enough? You know, are people going to like it? Do I like it? You know, could, could I have done better? And I think that kind of runs through our whole, you know, that's part of the creative process is, is, trying to get it as good as it can be and actually believing that it's probably rubbish. And you, you're kind of seeking that validation. And I think when you put something out into the world, there's no getting away from it. Although you might say, oh, I don't care about the reviews. Well, I think we all do, really, if we're honest with ourselves. You know, we're all seeking that validation and we want to be, we want people to like it. We want people to enjoy our work for whatever reason that we've written it. So, you know, we want people to react to it and that's uh, and react positively, one would hope. So that's my thing, self-doubt and how to uh, how not to have self-doubt. Well, I don't think there's any way to not have self-doubt because I think it's part of the human condition and it's certainly part of a creative mind. But I certainly think that you need to try and put it to one side at least a little bit in order that you get things finished and you get things out there. And it's a bit like the first point of, you know, working too long on your first book. A lot of that is about self-doubt because you don't quite believe it's ever going to be right. Well, unfortunately, not everybody's going to like your stuff. You're not always going to like your stuff. I mean, I look back on other of stuff I did years ago and I think, oh, dear, that was awful. You know, well, that's just part of it as well. And I think you've just got to be brave and uh, believe in yourself that it is in fact good enough and not everybody can do what you do because only you are you. So I, I'm i saying to you, yes, you're going to have self-doubt, but you have to kind of ride the ride the wave of self-doubt. And, and if it's really whispering in your ear and you really feel that, you know, you're rubbish and you haven't got anything to offer and lots of people are better than you or more successful, I think you have to realise that on any given day, there's going to be somebody who's more successful than you and somebody who's less successful than you, you know, or somebody who writes better prose than you and somebody who like writes worse prose than you. And wherever that is, you have to just go with it. And uh, I think it's about self-love. What I'm trying to say is, um, you know, you're going to have self-doubt. That's part of the process. But you have to just get over it a little bit or learn to put it to one side and learn to not let that part of your mind feed on itself because I think it's one of those kind of things where it, it'll kind of niggle, niggle, niggle at you and you'll, 
you'll become it becomes worse and worse and the, and the more you feel that something's not good enough the worse it will get and i think uh, sometimes you'll be surprised that when you when you do uh, get brave and uh, you know put your work up for sale or you know in whatever form that is whether you want to be indie author or or a traditionally published author whatever it is you'll find that you'll either learn something how to improve it or you will learn that actually you're really not that bad so i would say get your stuff out there be brave and um you know don't let the self-doubt uh, eat you up really okay which brings me swiftly on to point number four Okay, well, point number four is, well, it's a funny old chestnut, because if you're listening to this podcast, this might not apply to you. But I don't know, maybe it does. Um, Point number four is saying you can't be bothered with social media. (laughs) Yes, we'd all like to just sit in our attic and write and get paid for it. And I think there's been a lot of... um, you know, over the over the years, there's always lots of films about, you know, there's the writer and then the, the person comes and publishes their book and, you know, they become famous overnight. And they also seem to write this book in about a week without any of the angst that normal writers go through. But what you've got to remember is, um, you know, that's cinema for you. It's, it's not real life and it's not real writing. Real writing takes, you know, an enormous amount of graft to actually get it out there get it finished and get it to a point where you're happy with it and you're able to sell it Um, but also if nobody knows who you are or what your writing is nobody's going to nobody's going to buy it so you have to be on social media now again I hear a lot of things about oh you know just do one lot of social media and do it really well find a platform that you like and I think there's a lot to be said for that I think that's quite a good thing but unfortunately Social media platforms change, and you're probably all, you know, quite well aware of that. I'm not going to get into any of that here. But social media platforms change. Sometimes they change, you know, because they are, you know, becoming a a different kind of thing because somebody else has bought it or whatever it is, or just the interface changes, and you find that you just don't feel as happy on there as you did do. You know, all the algorithms change, and you don't get as many, you know, looks or likes or you know, as exposure as you did before. And so these social media platforms are constantly evolving and changing. So if you're stuck on just one that you really like, when it changes, and it will change, you're going to be a little bit um, out in the air and you're going to have to find another platform to, you know, get the hang of. So my advice is always to be on several social media platforms and you don't have to be on them all every day. You know, I mean, I try and post to TikTok in, in the morning. I usually put a TikTok on and I try and put it on both of my accounts because I'm also the children's author, Tiger Molly, and then I'm DJ Bowman Smith, you know, where I write sort of adult stuff. And I put that there and then I bounce it into um, Instagram and then um, I try and get on Twitter as well. Now, sometimes I don't manage to do that. And the world doesn't end. But having said that, although I would say, you know, don't beat yourself up if you think, actually, I'm just too tired to do this today or I'm really not in the frame of mind. That's okay. But unfortunately, the nature of the beast is that, especially if you're an independent author, and actually, even if you're not, 
you need to be on social media and you need to get out there and share your writer self with with the world and um, social media is the way to do it and it's the cheapest way to do it you know you can do that for free and that's the great thing about it it's advertising for free and the thing about social media is you can take it into your own you can do it in your own way you know you can do it so that you're just putting posts up and bits and pieces you know, or you can get in front of the camera on TikTok and do stuff like that um, and ha have a chat. Or you could do artistic stuff and all sorts of things. So you can do it in your own way. It doesn't have to be done in a way that makes you feel com uncomfortable. So, you know, make it your own. That's what I'm saying. So make it your own and definitely don't be on just one. You need to be on two, three or four if you can manage it, but definitely two or possibly three. Yeah. So, you know, pretty good. And also some of them you can just keep posting in and you don't really need to be on there all day or anything. You know, I, I, I get on there in the morning. I put my stuff up and, and I, I might poke a, again in the afternoon, but I'm, I'm not constantly on there. You don't have to be. Um, it's nice if you can get in there and interact with other people because it is social media. There's a clue in the name and you will have a better response from it, um, both from the algorithm and from you know, other people that are on there and you'll get something from it, which is all good. But, uh, you know, definitely be on more than one. And it's no good saying, you know, it doesn't affect you. You don't need social media because actually you really do and you have to get on there. OK, so so this brings me to my next point, which I think is point number five, but I'm not very good at numbers. I probably got this wrong now. So my other point is um, assuming you're on the social media, I quite often see that people don't make themselves available on social media. And if you're not going to make yourself available on social media, there's not much point on being on there. And by available, I mean you need to have, well, actually, before I start saying about what you need to have on social media, the first thing is you need to have a public account. In other words, don't have one of these accounts where people have to um, request to join your account and I see this so often and it's absolutely useless you need to be able to you know be out there and be um, accessible by anybody who wants to come on and have a look at your stuff uh, it's no good thinking that you're special and you're going to you know draw a load of people together you know in this very um, closed off account that's a sort of members only account you need to have a public account and that's the end of it so if you've got all those little buttons saying oh, well, you don't want to have the social media because um, you don't want to have a public account because you don't want to get bothered by the weirdos. Well, unfortunately, you will get bothered by the weirdos one way or the other, and you might as well be public and get on with it, <laughs> like the rest of us. OK, so I'll talk about the weirdos in a minute, but anyway, and what to do about them. But the thing is, um, you need to be available on social media. So have an account that anybody can get on and follow you in whatever whatever social media thing that is and uh, you need to have your links on there so you need to have a website definitely um, definitely get a website even if it's just a simple page you need to have somewhere where people can see you read a bit about you your bio a picture of yourself and your work and a little a few odds and ends and some links to buy your writing or your artwork or whatever that might be so that's the first thing um now, the other thing is um, I see a lot of um, things about, you know, Linktree. Now, I have got Linktree on one of my sites or one of my social media platforms. But 
To be honest, the easiest way to um, have a links page is to make a page on your website and call it links. You can switch the website, the web page off so that everybody doesn't see it when they come onto your your um, website. So it can be like a, a hidden page. But when people click on it, you, when you put the when you put a website on your social media, you can have it as you know, I think you'll see mine says www.djbowmansmith.com forward slash links. And when you go on there, it's actually a links page and it's just got all the links of anything that anybody might find. So it's got links to my books. It's got links to the podcast. It's got links to sign up for the Midwich Arc. I think I've got on there at the moment. Um, you know, and, and I can keep going in there and changing it, you know, as as my, you know, my creative life you know, evolves and, and I have other things that I want to show people or I want them to click on and, and go and buy or, you know, go and find out about me. So, yeah, so I would just make your links page on your website and then link that through onto your social media. And that's the cheapest way to do it because then you're not paying for uh, another site that is that does links separately for you. You know, you don't need to do that. If you're paying for a website provider, then make yourself a links page and, and get people to link to that. You know, I mean, that's just such a simple thing. Um, and I've only recently sort of discovered that that's a good way to do it. So yeah, that's my little bit of advice about the links page. Um, but my point is, as I was saying, you need to make yourself available on social media. Otherwise, what's the point? People need to be able to contact you, basically. Um, for whatever reason that might be. Now, I find this a lot as a podcaster because I'm quite often, you know, the the way I find my guests for the podcast is, you know, I look through social media and I'm, I see somebody interesting and I think, well, this person looks like, you know, they've written some interesting work, you know, so they look like quite personal or somebody I'd like to have a chat with, somebody I'd like to meet and, and, and interview. And then I will get in touch with them or I think I'm going to get in touch with them and I go into their whatever social media platform it is and I you know go on to their um their home page on the social media and I try and find a link for them and quite often and I'm surprised how often they might have their messaging button switched off which is very common you know because they think well I don't want to be bothered with messages but you know I could be anybody I could be asking to you know put your book into a film I could be asking you to come onto a television program I you know it's obviously it's just me asking you to come on the podcast but you know it's people will reach out to you but if they can't and you haven't got a you know a message button or whatever it is if you turned your messages off people can't do that um which brings me to you know sometimes you get the wrong sort of attention on social media so let's have a quick chat about this while we're on the social media thing um, the problem is, you know, there are some people on social media that are, you know, possibly very lonely. They might be a little bit disturbed or whatever it is. And they might come on and they're going to say some unkind things to you for whatever that is. You know, I mean, I find, you know, since I've been getting up on um, <clears throat> TikTok, so people see my face and I get up there and I have a chat about things, whatever that might be. Um, I quite often get, for some reason, it's quite funny, I've got quite crooked teeth. And, and obviously, I'm a little bit older as I make no bones about, you know, I'm, I'm not a young woman doing this. Um, and, you know, you quite often get blokes on there. I mean, I assume they're blokes uh, saying that, you know, they find me old and they're not very happy about my teeth. And, <laughs> and the thing is, I am an older lady and I really don't give a monkeys what they think. 
because, you know, I'm a person in my own skin and I'm quite happy with myself. And I, But I can imagine if I was a younger woman, I would possibly find that very hurtful. So my point is how to deal with these people. The way to deal with them is to go in. All the social media has a block button, whatever platform you are on you click on that person and you block them straight away you don't interact with them you don't have a chat you don't tell them that actually you don't mind your crooked teeth and yes you are old that's you know happy for me that I've lived so long but uh, whatever it is that they're telling you you know you just you just block them straight away and what happens with the social media is the more these people are blocked I mean I know they go in and open another account under a different name but on the whole, it does filter them out. And that's that's what you do. You have to just turn the other cheek, don't get involved and block them. And again, if they're in your messages and they've come into the message button, you know, into the you know, into your private messages within the social media platform that you're on, um, you know, again, you can block them again or just ignore it. Um, but again, if, if I get rude messages and lewd messages, I, you know, I just block that person and move on with it. And just don't worry about it because you're, you're going to get that in a crowd of people. Some of them are going to be nutters. It's just it's just par for the course. Anyway, happy days. That's my advice on the social media. Um, you know, you need to be on there and you need to make yourself available. And definitely on that links page that you're going to make on your social media, if you haven't got that already, you need to have a contacts page. And uh, it's easy enough to set up um, a separate email for yourself that you're just using for that so that it's not all in with all the other stuff. If you sort of think, oh, you know, I don't want my private email on there. Well, don't have your private me email on there. Just open a new email account, you know, with with your name, your author name, or whatever it is, and use that for your author stuff that you'd put on the website. And that kind of keeps it separate and it keeps it a little bit um gives you a little bit of distance between your you know your home self and your author self that you're putting out there so yeah make yourself available you definitely need to have some kind of contact on that link page and so this brings me to another little point um check your messages uh you need to check through your messages and see if people have contacted you i mean i like you know normal people that just want to get to know you and and again it goes without saying that it's always good to be you know pleasant and and kind with anybody that you interact with. Um, now, the thing is, I find because my nickname is um, was DJ at school, it's kind of stuck because I write under my maiden name. And uh, so the DJ part of it has just kind of stuck with me. And when I stuck it on there as, a, as my author self, um, you know, years ago, I didn't really think about, you know, it being the initials of a disc jockey, you know. <laughs> So I quite often get people contact me that are, in fact, in the music business, which is quite funny. And uh, often they're often rappers, these people, and they come on and they say, you know, within on my social media platform. And they say, oh, you know, hi, DJ, would you like to listen to my new track? And they send me a link and this, that and the other. And it really doesn't take a minute to just, you know, because they're not really doing anything unkind. They just haven't really looked at me and seen that I'm an author and not actually a, a DJ. And I quite often just, just message them back and say, I'm actually an author, but I wish you every luck with your with your music business. And um, anyway, there's a, there's a couple in there that have actually gone, oh, I didn't realise that. And they, in fact, do, in fact, read my dark fantasy. So 
So my point is, you know, just just be nice, be pleasant, and um, you know, if somebody's got in contact with you out of error, um, you know, j just brush them off nicely and wish them luck, and you'll be surprised. You know, a little bit of love goes a long, long way. Okay, so uh, point number six, I think you're probably going to listen to this and go, these numbers are all wrong. <laughs> I think it's point number six. Anyway, point number six is um, thinking the writing life is a solitary pursuit. Well, actually, it's not. Um, now, by this, I mean, yes, you're going to have to sit here quietly and write some words and do your creativity, you know, undisturbed in order to make the most of it. But once you've done that, it is not a solitary pursuit, you know. Listen back to the aforementioned social media. You need to be out there and that's not a solitary pursuit, although you might be just sat there on your own on your phone. But you need to reach out and contact, um, you know, readers and other creatives in order to feel um, supported within your work. And the thing about it is uh, if you if you reach out in whichever way is comfortable for you, either join a writing group. I don't actually join a writing group, but I used to attend a kind of writer's circle that used to happen in a big town near me. I think they've they've stopped it now, but um, I used to do that. And that was quite nice to get out and network and meet some other people. And I certainly go to a few conferences over the year. Um, I try, try and do two or three if I can. And it's just really nice to get out and meet people face to face. So the social media obviously get on that and it will help you find your tribe, find your readers and find other people like you who are facing the same problems as yourself so that you can, you know, feel supported or occasionally, you know, give a bit of advice where other people need it. And I think that's, um, you know, one of those things. So I'm saying... Yes, it's a solitary pursuit, but, you know, no writer is an island. You need to have other writers, other creatives around you in order to feel, uh, I don't know, supported, I think is the word. Supported, a little a little safer. You'll find other people are suffering the same kind of angst, the same problems that you are. And also you'll have a, a community to ask. So whether that's on social media or, you know, or in your writing group, that you might meet up in once a month or whatever you do it's good to have other people to ask uh, and you know you can you'll find that the problems are much more quickly solved if you can you know make yourself part of a writer's community and and again this sometimes comes down to um feeling that you're the real thing i think a lot of people when they begin writing things oh well i'm not really a writer it's just a hobby or i'm not good enough to call myself a writer or I haven't made 10 grand at it yet, so I'm still not a writer, or whatever silly nonsense you've got going on in your head. If you write, or in fact, if you're an artist, if you are creating, then, you know, you are that person, and you can go out there and meet other people like yourself, and I promise you that you will feel better for it. So don't be scared. Get out there and, you know, uh, find your find your tribe. So my last point, um, point number seven, I think. <laughs> I'm going to listen back to this and realise even if the numbers are wrong, I'm just going to leave it. OK, so point number seven is waiting for the muse. Mm, this is a tricky old thing. Um, a lot of people say, oh, I can only write when I feel like it. Or, you know, I, you know, or, or, or quite often you meet people and they say, oh, yes, I'd like to write a book. And then you meet them again and go, oh, did you start writing that book? And they go, oh, well, I've done a chapter, but then, you know, I haven't really felt like it this winter or I haven't really felt like it this week or whatever it is. Well, my point is, if you're waiting until you feel like it, you will never get this project finished or even started. 
there is no such thing as the muse. Occasionally, when you're writing, having already sat down there, whether you felt like it or not, with a cup of coffee and a keyboard, you will find occasionally it will flow and it'll come out and you will have a beautiful experience and you will feel that all the words are just coming together, the ideas and you you can concentrate and you you look back and you go, oh my gosh, I've missed lunch. I've written for four hours and it's amazing. I've written a chapter or three chapters or whatever quickly you write, you know, and it was great. That's when the muse struck. She's only going to come about once a year, I promise you. Most writing is just hard graft and getting on with it and sitting down every day with your notebooks and all your bits and pieces, you know, and the espresso in my case, and thinking, right, this is it. I'm writing. I have some space now to get on with my job, which is a writer, and I'm going to write. And if you're lucky, you will have some inspiration or some moments when the words will flow. But most of the time, they won't, and it'll be tricky, but you will write anyway. And it will still be good enough to, you know, bring out into the world. Um, occasionally, the muse I've decided after, you know, many long years is is actually just a case of that mood you were in that day. Sometimes I can write and I felt that the muse was with me and it was all coming together. And, and I had a lovely time and I wrote lots and it was all great. And then sometimes when I come back to edit that piece of work, I think, oh, yes, this was the chapter I wrote when the muse was there. Or I definitely felt it was flowing and it was all going. And quite often you'll look back on that chapter and think, actually, this is a load of rubbish and I really need to edit it quite a lot. So my thing is sometimes I think the muse is not really a real thing. It's just a day where you were very happy to be doing what you were doing and it felt like it was fun and it felt like it was easy. But I don't know whether you actually write any better on those days. I don't think you do, actually. So my point is there's going to be most days you will think, especially if you get to a point where the writing becomes your job, there'll be many days that you'll think, actually, I would I think I'll just clean the bath. I think I'll just hoover the lounge. I'll take the dog for another walk. I'll make a cake. Because you're actually putting off the time where you need to come in the office and sit down and say, right, this is it. I'm working now. Um, because when you've decided that writing is your job, it becomes your work and you will decide that you don't really want to do it. <laughs> because, you know, all human beings are lazy. That's how it is. So, yeah. So that's my last point. Don't wait for the muse. Just get on with it, people. <laughs> OK, well, that's my seven points, I think, of uh, advice for anybody that's writing, new writers or old writers. You know, a general musing on what it is to be creative and get things done. So there we are. Um and that's it. That's all I can say. Um, I don't know who my guest is next week. I've got a few people lined up. Um, I haven't done any podcasting this week because um, apart from today, which is Sunday uh, and it's nice and quiet, my husband's out. And uh, apart from the dog who's probably snoring behind me, uh, I haven't really got around to um, doing any podcast because it's just too noisy and there's just too much going on, really. But next week I have got quite a few lined up and I don't really know who wants to come on first. So um, I will just have to get you to wait and see and um, enjoy. So in the meantime, I'm DJ Bowman Smith and uh, you can find me on uh, www.djbowmansmith.com and uh, you can also find me as a as a children's author at tigermolly.com 
and both the websites have all the links to my social media that I'm on for those names. So, you know, do go along and have a look at there. Um, and also, you know, across social media or um, via the podcast, do, you know, get in touch with me, tell you what tell me what you think you know if you've got anything I should have added into this little solo episode or if you'd like to hear more um, bits of uh, advice from an old indie author like me then um, yeah or you've got any questions you know I'd be happy to answer them so um, you know get in touch you'll find I'm quite easy to get in touch with Um, in the meantime I'm DJ Bowman Smith and this has been the words and pictures podcast until next time bye bye